welcome, my friend, to another episode. Hey, before we get started, I want you to picture this, your best caregiver self. What would it look like? Imagine living your caregiver journey with vitality and joy. It might seem like a distant dream right now, but you know what? It is entirely within your reach. When you craft a personalized path focused on quality care and your well-being, the impossible becomes possible. That's what the Empowerful Caregiver School is all about. You'll receive daily video lessons, a robust journaling workbook packed with practical strategies and reflective questions guiding you towards growth and empowerment as a caregiver. Plus, you'll be part of a supportive community in our private Facebook group and join us for bi-weekly group coaching sessions. Let's rewrite your caregiver story together. Join Empowerful Caregiver School today and start thriving. Click on the link in the show notes or go right out to my website at kathylvan.com forward slash empowerful to learn. Okay, let's jump into today's lesson. Well, hello there, and welcome to the Caregiver Cup Podcast. It's Kathy here. I am so happy you're listening. If you're coming back to another episode, thank you. I'm so grateful that you're listening, and I hope this information today will be helpful for you. Or if you're brand new and this is the very first time, I want to welcome you with open arms and want to go ahead and say welcome from one caregiver to another. Today, we're going to talk about the key findings that I feel will help you find more joy as a caregiver. I, I've identified seven of them, and they all start with the letter D. I don't know why, but they all start with the letter D. So we're going to call these the seven Ds that are key findings to finding more joy as a caregiver. Boy, that's a mouthful, but that's what it's all about. Some of the Ds that start, some of the keys that start with Ds. They they can go ahead and help you and make things easier, give you more time, might even put some food for thought in your brain to go ahead and figure out how you're going to embrace your situation. And then there are, are some D's that if you continue to go down the path of these keys, you're going to find out that you're going to add more stress and overwhelm. You might feel stuck, stretched, and so on. So let's go ahead and move into the first D, which is do. And it's really about doing you, doing what's best for you. Your loved one's care in your journey is unique, and it's your own personal journey with your loved one. And even thinking about your own situation, you know what's best for you. And you know what's best for your loved one. And I couldn't help but pull a quote or pull an email that I got from Allison about a month ago. Allison is from our Caregiver Cup community out in Facebook, and that's our private Facebook group for women caregivers. And I welcome you. If you are a women caregiver, go out to the Caregiver Cup community in Facebook 
and go ahead and join. You'll be asked a series of questions and you can join us and you can go ahead and we can learn from each other in this experience and then in this group. But getting back to what Allison wrote in her email, and I took a clip it from it, she had thanked me for all that I was doing. And she had said, thanks, Kathy, for all you are doing for yourself, your family, and us various caregivers. You're a role model and cheerleader. And she didn't have to say that, but thank you. You recognize that no one is perfect. And this journey is a personable, personal variable thing that you should offer the quorum that you do to the to create a community of support. Well, that is just amazing considering everything else that you are trying to manage and balance. And she told me to keep going. But I thought it's just a really good reflection and a really good reinforcement to say that we're all on our own personal journey. And no one is perfect, and we all have to try different paths to find the one that works for us. So D is for do. Do what's best for you. As caregivers, you have to collect all the nuggets of information and do what's best for you and your loved one. Do you. Do it the best way you can. Do what's right for you. Do what you feel you can do. Do find your team. And I could go on and on with do's, but think about it. Do and you fill in the blank. Again, this is an important one for me. So number two, since we're talking about do, let's do, let's do the other end of the spectrum. Oh my gosh. And that is the don'ts, the don't do's. You don't have to do everything. I'll bring back my favorite quote from David Allen. And I've said this in the past a few times in previous episodes, but you can do anything, but you can't do everything. So I've learned very fast in my caregiver life that you need to start learning how to say no, saying no and not feeling guilty about it. Right now, it's protecting your energy by saying no, protecting your health, thinking about your loved one from whatever, uh, for whatever gets in the way. I think of it as a piece of plexiglass or a door. If it's too much for you, you have to shut the door. If you can't commit to another thing, that's okay. Your true friends and family will understand if you can't host that Thanksgiving dinner. I know deep in your mind you want to, And you want to, but you know that if you do go ahead and prepare this big Thanksgiving dinner, for example, you'll pay the price or your loved one may have to pay the price because it's just too much stress and overwhelm. Or it's okay if you don't have a clean house. Or it's okay if you don't attend a family wedding or a family function or a a reunion. Or it's okay if you don't attend a work function or you don't go ahead and go out for lunch with with your coworkers, whatever it would be. What are your don'ts? What you're really doing is you're going ahead and considering what are my healthy boundaries and setting those healthy boundaries for the good of you and your loved ones. And so I like to think about the don'ts. Number three is delegating. Delegate. This is a this one is so important. Really, you are asking for help. This one also is so hard. What things can you delegate or outsource or automate? 
I've done a, a great podcast, episode number 20, and I'll put it in the notes. Episode 20 of the Caregiver Cup podcast talks about caregiver hacks so that you can find more time. Here's where you have to take a moment and really look at what you are doing. Everything from your home life to errands, to your finances, to work, to caregiving. You have to look at everything. What can you automate? And I know in episode number 20, I get into it in really great detail, so I'm just going to skim the surface. But think about automating maybe your bills or your banking making sure that you don't have to take that extra trip to to the bank or you don't have to buy stamps, whatever it would be. Think about automating groceries or shopping or doing those automated, I don't know what they're called again, but where you don't have to go ahead and remember to go ahead and restock up with toilet paper or cleaning supplies. It's just an automatic delivery that comes out or automate pharmacy and have the pharmacies refilled on a specific time or delivered. Think about apps and the the phone apps that you can put on, the doctor's apps to go ahead and remind you of the appointment. Or the ne- think about what can you get help with? Cleaning, lawn, meals, laundry. What can you ask for help with? Or maybe you have the funds to hire somebody with or caregiving needs, whatever it would be. Meal prepping is really important and it might be an easier thing. Or maybe you do meal delivery or maybe you do you have a meal delivered to you once a week so that you don't have to cook. You're saving yourself time. Think about where you can delegate caregiving help as well, driving your loved one to appointment, or is there a daycare, or can you have a friend come in for a couple hours a day? Where can you delegate? Really looking at everything, even your work and efficiencies, because you are now a caregiver manager, or you are now the CEO of your home or your caregiver life. You may be a business owner as well. Thinking like a CEO and really looking at delegation and efficiencies and the overall workload is key. Your goal needs to be you now and you are and your ability to sustain everything and be there for your loved one. So think about a CEO and what she would do. She doesn't go ahead and do everything. She actually has a team of people working with her to go ahead and accomplish all of the tasks. And you have to think that way as well. Okay, number four is one of my favorite, but it's probably the hardest one for me. I'm just putting my hand up and admitting it. I'm almost like I'm putting my hand on the Bible and holding my right hand up and saying, I admit delete is hard, but yes, we can delete. And what can you delete? Those things you can't do. And that causes you too much stress. Now, I caution you right now. It's easy to say, oh, I'll just delete my workout and sleep in today, or I'll delete my workout because I have to get my loved one to an appointment for 8 a.m. But that's not the one you want to delete because you need to go ahead and move your body. You need to put your physical and mental and emotional health at the very top of your things to do each day. You need to stay healthy and commit to your well-being. So you can't, and I'm telling you, don't delete that one. But 
instead, really go through what can you delete. You may be feeling the financial stress and burden due to your loved one not working, or maybe you had to reduce your hours. Well, then you may have to delete some of your spending or some of your, you know, maybe you go out for dinner on occasion. Maybe you'll have to delete some of those things to think about. Another thing is your household task or your work tasks and ask yourself the really hard question. Is it absolutely necessary that I have to do it? Will the sky fall if I don't do this every week? I am personally, I am really, really anal about having my house cleaned and there's, it's okay if my floor doesn't get scrubbed, but maybe once a month now. I can go ahead and just do the little Swiffer in between, but I can delete every week having to take an hour to scrub my floors and my everything else. I can do the, the, the easy cleaning and maybe mop it instead. Here's another example is maybe each year you do this huge holiday light show in your house or on your house and you have, you spend hours and hours and maybe even days going ahead and make sure your outside lights are up. Well, this year might be different. Maybe this year it's just a simple wreath and you don't add the stress to going ahead and having this elaborate show or you go back to delegate and you ask somebody. Also think about in this deletion piece is what feelings and emotions can you delete? What, which feelings and emotions do you say, I'm, I need to delete these when they come up? Think about sadness or anger or guilt. How can you learn to delete that or delete these? Think about, are you a people pleaser or think about where you are at when it comes to your caregiver stress and overwhelm? If you haven't grabbed my free resource on three levels of caregiver overwhelm, and I can't remember if it's stages or levels, but it's the three things, uh, three stages or levels of caregiver overwhelm. You can go to Kathy Elvan dot com forward slash caregiver stress. And I'll put that in the notes. It, it's really important maybe for you to understand which level of overwhelm you're in. And then at that point, then you can go ahead and address that overwhelm and stress and start thinking about that whole deletion process. And where can I go ahead and release or delete some of that stress? Also here, another quick tip is grab a journal and try this right on the top either one of these two things. I am going to delete blank because, and write it out. Or if I delete blank, what will happen? For example, like the the if my floor. If I delete scrubbing my floor each week, what will happen? <laughs> Nothing, it, it, it will be perfectly fine. I just go ahead and Swiffer and I have one of those a shark quick vacuums that can vacuum up the hair and I can spot mop it if I need to. But what will happen is I'll have some extra time in at least, you know, a little bit of time every week and it won't be hanging over my head. So think about those things. Okay, another one is doubt. 
It's normal to experience feelings of doubt when you're faced with new challenges. However, it can be debilitating. It can lead to anxiety and stress and depression and procrastination and lack of motivation. It can even lead to anger and difficulty making decisions. Doubt really does equal or is similar to the whole imposter syndrome, feeling like you're not enough. With imposter syndrome, it can limit our courage to put ourselves out there in a meaningful way or go after new opportunities or in this situation, figure out what we need to do when it comes to caregiving. It causes us to experience self-doubt about maybe we're not qualified enough, or maybe this is just too overwhelming for us. As caregivers, we need to, to be our loved one's advocate, and that in itself is hard. When faced with a, a challenging decision at a, at a doctor's office, for example, you need to stand up and sometimes challenge things. I had to this week with my mom. I had to challenge the doctor and we had to make hard decisions. But in the back of my mind, I had those feelings of self-doubt that now I'm going to go back to the previous one and delete those (laughs) in a way. So we also need to stand up for ourselves and do what's best for us by putting ourselves first. At times it feels uncomfortable and we start doubting ourselves and we start feeling guilty. But again, I go back to these two examples that are overly used, but they're so good. You know, you're flying in an airplane. What do they say? Put your oxygen mask on first because you can't help others until you have your oxygen mask on. And so you want to do the same or... You can't just keep going and going and going with your phone. It has to be recharged on occasion or else your battery will die. Same goes for you. So release that doubt and know that you are figuring it out and you're figuring out your new normal and this caregiving life. It's normal to feel doubt, but it's not good to stay in doubt or self-doubting yourself. Okay, the sixth one is daily. I'm talking about what are you doing daily for yourself? What are those daily habits? I have two podcasts that talk about my daily habits that are really two of my favorites, and they both are with to talk about morning and morning routines. And so it's episode number 28, and I'll put it the link in the notes, and episode number 42. And they're about my morning practices. And so I think you'll find some tips and ideas to go ahead and motivate you to go ahead and use the morning and finding time in the morning before everything starts stressing and I'm raising my hand before the stress level increases. But what are you doing daily for yourself? It can be in the morning, but if you don't have morning time, think about your afternoon or your breaks or at lunchtime or even the evening to close off your day or after supper. Lisa, if you're listening, I love your idea. Lisa uh, did a podcast with us a few episodes ago where she actually 
talked about, I believe you talked about this, Lisa, about at nine o'clock at night, that's her downtime. And that's the time that she goes ahead and does her reading and unwinds. Hey, that's another D word I don't have on here. D is downtime. So maybe daily and down may be the kind of the, the thing here. But are you eating healthy too when it comes to daily? Are you hydrating and drinking your water? Are you making sure you're getting your sleep? Are you finding quiet time to journal or practice gratitude or meditate or reflect on your your situation and your feelings and your emotions? Your daily practices and habits will keep your bo- uh, your mind, body and soul intact and be able to and help you to be able to handle the stressors and challenges in this difficult season. I like to say it helps you learn how to release and reduce the overwhelm. It never goes away, at least in my opinion, but practices daily will help you keep it intact. And it sure has helped me move to a better and healthier caregiver because my first couple of years, I didn't do the daily and it caught up with me. Okay, the last uh, of the D's is decide. This is also, I should just say they're all my favorite, but this is also one that I could definitely stand up and preach. It's decide your attitude, make a choice. I struggle when I see so many women and hear so many stories where they say they are hopeless they're in a hole. They're not willing to look at anything else but the negative. I hear words like, my life is over, and I just wish I could leave. And those are normal feelings. But what you have to realize, too, is you have a choice. You can make a decision. Yes, caregiving is not easy. And there are days when we all feel stuck, stretched, and we can't go on. But no matter how hard it is, you still can decide when you want to be. It's okay to go ahead and say, you know, today's a bad day. I'm just going to stay in bed, but don't stay there long. Get up and figure it out. You can choose to figure it out. It may not be perfect, but what can you do? You can choose to ask for help. There are free resources out there. There's the Caregiver Cup community. There's podcast venues like the one I'm on. You can choose to stay sad, or you can find joy in little things, not looking at the big picture, but just looking at little moments of joy each and every day. That's why I get up every morning at 5.30 or 6 o'clock and I go for my walk. I can control that first 30 minutes to an hour of every day. Before I look at my phone, before I look at the news, before I even move into my day, I I dedicate that first 30 to 60 minutes and I I choose to fill it with joy and positivity even if I know the rest of the day could go to crap. I choose to do that. You can also look at the glass half empty. Or you can look at the beautiful, beautiful gift you are giving to your loved one. Even if they don't appreciate it, you are giving them a beautiful gift. You are giving them as much of your heart as you can. And deep inside, I know that they appreciate it. 
So my friend, when we, when you wake up each day and you put your feet on the floor, decide your emotion, choose your mood. You can control some things. You can rid yourself of negative thoughts and train your brain. You can control that. You may not be able to control your loved one's disease. You may not be able to control the chaos, but you can control and choose your mood, choose your attitude. You can train your brain to do things. You may have to walk away sometimes, or you may have to go ahead and and try different techniques, but you can. So those were the seven Ds. Which one of those Ds are you going to work on? Let me quickly repeat them again. One is do, two is don't, three is delegate, four is delete, five is is doubt, six is daily, seven is decide. I had a hard time saying that. But which one of the seven are you going to do? I want you to take one and really focus in on one of these this week. Grab a journal or a notepad and put your thoughts on paper. If you decide you're going to work on doubt, then go ahead and focus in on doubt. Do some reflecting on doubt and think through where your self-doubt comes from. Ask yourself the what, the why, the how, the where, and, and really reflect on it and then work on ways that you can improve it. I promise you, if you just work on just one of these, you will see a difference. You will start seeing joy. You will start choosing joy. So I hope this helped today. You have a good rest of the day and we'll see you again on the Thursday episode of the Caregiver Cup podcast. Bye for now.